Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Hey guys, how you doing? Bobby Roast Beef here. It is, uh, <laughs> it's another episode of, uh, of of Jigs and Bigs, and uh, in this one, I've got a really, really good one. I uh, I, I have a little uh, bit of a of a session with Tim Jacks, who is president of the Northeast Bass Anglers Club, uh, right here in Western Massachusetts, and uh, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of great information, some really, really fantastic stories, and we have a great, great conversation. So we'll get to that in a little bit of a, of a moment, guys. But uh, something over the weekend that. Uh, had uh, had occurred, which um, has kind of changed things a bit for me, was that my uh, my wife has uh, a a uh, COVID nineteen uh, positive test. My wife is a healthcare worker; she's a nurse, and uh, we both knew going into this that uh, it was a very very big possibility that uh, just in caring for other patients with the exposure uh, at her job that 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 she ran a really high. Uh, possibility of, of of contracting the virus uh, and uh, and potentially bringing it home, and that's exactly what happened because I have symptoms that are exactly like hers. So things are a little bit crazy around here at the at the house. We're trying to kind of uh, split the the house into the different levels, keep the kids upstairs, and and uh, we're trying to keep uh, sequestered in, in, into the lower level of the house as much as possible to try to keep from uh, infecting the kids at all. But uh, I am not able to fish now for at least a couple of weeks, which um, it really sucks. It really, really, really does. Uh, it was one of the things about this whole social distancing thing that was making it uh, tolerable was the ability to get out there on the water and fish. But uh, I'm not about to take any chances and uh, have any run-ins with anybody and pass this along to everybody. Uh, symptoms so far are pretty much like a like a, a relatively mild flu for the most part but i've only been having symptoms for about three or four or three about three days and uh you know it's like i'm doing some exercises some breathing exercises uh a whole lot of people reached out and uh, i had put this on my my personal facebook page and then on my my bobby roast beef facebook page um a lot of people have been reaching out thank you so much i really appreciate that but uh someone had actually sent me something with uh, a video with some some breathing exercises that could be done and uh, that's my biggest fear is that this is going to get into my lungs uh, so I'm 
you know, in a weird sort of process, I want to keep podcasting as much as possible. I'm going to be doing that in, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to find a way out to do it. I'm going to try and do some of this stuff from my phone if possible. Um, but, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's just been crazy. And it's, honestly it's it's kind of scary because i've got a good friend of mine right now who uh who who i've i've worked with on projects and events before who uh is on a ventilator right now and is it's not looking good for us. so you know i mean uh, there's a, a lot more people that have way more to be concerned with uh than than i do right now but man i'm i'm not excited about it but and anyway take a enjoy this episode guys um big huge thank you to everybody who has been listening and uh has been uh been commenting giving me some feedback that's really great um you know th- this podcast is really kind of been uh, a fantastic thing for me as far as being able to you know have like a good connection and and be busy you know have have something to look forward to i i like this a lot uh and it sucks that i'm not able to fish but it is what it is but with that said i want to also go ahead and make a mention of something else over the weekend that actually i mean it was it was a tragedy for one person but but it also gave me a little bit of a way to kind of keep myself occupied and try to try to help out really with the whole situation um i'm not sure if uh if you're familiar if you're if you're big on on watching um you know some uh some youtube fishermen or anything but there is a new england angler her name is becca and uh, she has a channel on youtube called uh, fishing with becca and uh if you haven't watched it you should it's really great you know as, as a father of daughters i'm really supportive of all female anglers um you know they're they're a role model for lots and lots of lots of girls which is fantastic she had a little bit of a uh, mishap with her kayak she she uh rolled her kayak and in that process lost all of her camera batteries a bunch of equipment all kinds of gear and uh is you know pretty much kind of stuck right now so here's the thing um she's a youtuber and you know she's doing this to all like pretty much full time right now. And if uh, she could definitely use the the help with the subscribers. So if uh, you've got nothing to do because you're at home and can't really go out a whole lot or or anything and you're on YouTube at all, check out uh, Fishing with Becca and subscribe and throw throw a like or two on some videos, maybe comment a little bit. Believe it or not, that actually does help kind of get a little bit more visibility for what uh, she's doing. But also, if you guys would like to save some money, if if you're interested in if you use Guggen baits at all, and I use some Guggen baits, I, I like them. Um, you can go over to uh, Guggen baits and buy them either through the Guggen baits app or through um, through their main page. Uh, if you buy your Guggen baits and you use the promo code Becca, uh, you'll save yourself fifteen percent off of your order, and it's great because you save fifteen percent, you get some pretty good baits. I mean, like I like their soft plastics. I really like the Guggen baits jigs. I really, really do like their jigs. I think they're 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 re- constructed really, really well. I, I, I like a lot of their products. So for me, this was a, a no brainer. But the, the thing is, is this is not only do you get to save some money, but she also will get a commission uh, for that. So if you want to help out by saving yourself some money, go and uh, re up on some Guggen baits uh, uh, over on their website or uh, through their app. I ordered through their app and it was really, really easy. Save yourself some money and uh, and help out a, uh, uh, a, a an angler from New England. England who uh, who is is putting some great content out there and and inspiring a lot of other girls to get out there and fish, uh, which is great. So let's try and help out Becca as much as we can. All right, so I'm going to get to uh, my interview with Tim Jacks right now. You guys, I will see you on the other end. 
So let's go ahead and get started. Why don't you just uh, start off telling me telling me about like the story, how you you know got so into fishing and the road that it got you to like where you're at today. Oh gosh, uh, well, I grew up in Eastern Mass uh, down in New Bedford, and uh, I remember my grandmother's this old Portuguese lady. <laughs> yeah, um, used to take me fishing off the bridge all the time. Uh, we used to go for a scup. Um, out here, they call them porgies. Oh, all um, right. But uh, we just used to go off to Paydenauer Bridge and, and do some fishing. And, uh, you know, all the old uh, Portuguese uh, people would, would take all of our catch and uh, um, smoke the fish and, you know, have some food for, for their families and for my grandmother. I didn't like fish, but yep. um, I, she used to take me fishing all the time. And that's where it started. You know, my, my dad... You know, we used to go out here and there, but then he had a he had a brainstorm. He was going to move up to uh, the the nether regions of Vermont and build a log cabin. And uh, I helped him one summer when, geez, I think I was, gosh, I can't even remember how old I was. Uh, probably, I don't know, 11, 12, something like that. Yep. Um, but, you know, in between helping with the log cabin, there wasn't much to do. We were 750 yards from the uh, Canadian border. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But we did have a, a stream that I used to just go down and walk, and I just started you know, fishing for trout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, ever since then, it's, I just would try and cast a line wherever I was. Yeah, exactly. But then uh, the bass fishing really took a hold. Uh, one of my one of my bosses at, uh, at my job in Eastern Mass, he's like, hey, you like fishing? I'm like, yeah. He says, you ought to come freshwater fishing with me. And I'm like, ah, I really don't know much about that. I'm more of a saltwater guy. Yep. And he says, ah, come on. I got this place we'll go to. Well, I didn't realize that uh, he was talking about a, uh, a reservoir that was off limits, uh, which I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> but here I am bringing my waders. There you go. Uh, and I got my saltwater uh, set up, you know, line that was probably 10, 15 years old. As you wind the reel, you hear the tick, 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 tick. Yep. He says, "Come on!" So we're wading in the in this reservoir, and um, he's like, "Put, he's put this on." It's like, it was a topwater snake, and first cast out, I'm just I'm just dragging along, tick, 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 and it was like an eruption. The water, I mean, just and blew the lure out of the water. Oh I man! I go with the hook, and there's nothing. Yeah. You know. Like I said, the line was, was, uh, you know, 10, 15 years old. And from that moment on, I was hooked. Oh yeah. It's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. It really is. That's so, all it takes. You know, you, you get on, on your first decent blow up or, or you, you land like your first decent fish. And then it's like, forget it. You're never going to be the same person. You know? Oh gosh, no. That, yeah. I mean, that was it. And ever since there, then I've been chasing that, uh, that immense top water explosion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which, which only fishermen know. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. And the frustration that comes with like a missed hookup or, or something. Oh, my God. Right, right. Yeah, they haunt you. That's crazy. Oh, yes. Yep. yep. No, that's awesome, to, man. To this day, that's my favorite type of fishing is, is the is the top water, looking yeah. for that top weight. I think that's a lot of people's favorite. It's uh, at least like I've, I've, I know I've mentioned it before. I think personally, it's probably like the most majestic kind of like moment with nature you can have on the water is when you see that top. Like I had, I had a, a blow up on a buzzbait uh, to, like two weeks ago, 
And uh, I don't, I'm not very schooled with using buzz baits or, or most hop water, actually, other than like a whopper plopper or a frog. And, and when it comes to frog fishing, I'm, a, I'm terrible. But I figured I was like, you know, with a buzz bait, uh, it's just, it's, it's a bait that I've seen work so well for other people. And I figured I'd just try to get more and more comfortable with, there's a certain sort of cadence with it as far as casting and having it moving when it hits the water to, to right. really get it to work, you know, for you the right way. And I had a blow up and it was the only thing I had a strike on all day. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely blown away. The only other topwater lure I've ever had any kind of real success with was I caught a monster crappie when I was throwing a, a black whopper plopper. And uh, I mean, just freaking amazing. But I like I like those lures because they're kind of idiot proof. You know, you can sort of you can get into them and they can be effective really easily. Well, That's- it's it's one of those baits that you know. Everything that you're throwing underwater, you don't know what it's doing. Yeah. So you can't see it underwater. So you don't know what the action is going on. But the top water, you see it happening. Yep. And you know, it never fails. You watch it, you watch your 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 lure going on top. And the second you look away and talk to your buddy or you know, sneeze or something, there's the explosion. There it is. And you're like scrambling to catch the rod. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and like just that timing, you know, it's like it, you, that you see the, the lure just drop down. And if it's not, you know, you, you're it's kind of it's almost like panic, you know, like someone pulls a fire alarm and you're to like spring to action. It's crazy. Right. No. Right. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite like a favorite season that you prefer to fish or either like because the fishing's better or worse for you or like just something you as far as the climate is concerned that you prefer? Uh, no. No, not really. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go out fishing anytime, case yeah. in point. You know, I went out two days ago. Uh, I was hooking my boat up as it was flurrying. And then I went out yesterday, yep. and it was supposed to be nice in the afternoon, but, you know, it, it was actually sleeting while we were on the boat. Yep. So, you yeah. know, I'll go out whenever, but I think, I, and, and this, this is kind of controversial, I really, really like um, – the spawn spawn fishing um i i like to see the bedding bass um i I think it's a it's a little bit of cat and mouse game you know between the the fish that are on the bed um i don't keep them or throw them right back oh yeah but you know it is it's it's controversial in 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 some sense so yeah i do like the like you said like that cat and mouse that's because that's that's exactly what i do because i mean i'm primarily a bank fisherman so for me Walking along the bank and trying to watch and see like, okay, well, I'm spotting a bed there and taking notes and, you know, coming back over to that one spot. And then I'll even use things that are around me like trees, which I'm a big guy. It takes a big tree to block me. (laughs) But, you know, just to sort of blend in as much as possible. And I'll throw, you know, a a real finesse um, presentation like a Ned Rig or something real, real close and try and work that around. And it's just it's so exhilarating when you get that reaction when you're like, okay, this this fish is you know, 20, 25 feet away from me and hasn't picked up on me is still in that spot. And you're able to kind of, kind of hook them from that. It's, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. I, I, I had uh, a couple of years ago, I was at the Chicopee river uh, actually fishing for shad. Yep. And, uh, and there was a small mouth on, on the bed and I always have my, my uh, bass baits with me yep. just in case. Yeah, of and, course. And I had, I think it was probably some sort of Zoom fluke, or maybe it was a pink Senko. I can't remember what it was, but yep. threw it onto the bed, and the bass inhaled it, hooked it, brought it in, released it. 
went right back to the bed. So I want to do an experiment back to the bed, hook the fish again. Yeah. I hooked that fish three or four times. No kidding. It's the same fish in a row. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. Usually they're spooked and they go, but this one was just aggressive. Did you, uh, were you throwing the same bait each time? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I've had that theory before. I think it was the male protecting the bed. So, yeah. um, but they're, they're you know, super it's just, aggressive. it's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is. It's, it's, it's awesome. I'm convinced too. Like you, you can, you can catch the same fish over and over and over again, especially when you release them responsibly and just turn them over like that. It's just because that's what this is all about, you know? Right. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, is what What's your preferred body of water to fish? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, you know, I, I really enjoy – that's that's so difficult. Um, locally, I really enjoy – uh, the river. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, I live 15 minutes from Congamon, so I'm always at Congamon. Yeah. Um, and it seems, you know, that place gets pressured unbelievably, but the fish just seem to be continually getting caught. They, you know, there's no damage being done to that lake by catching all those fish all the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's a lot of like, there's, there's uh tournament stuff that happens over at that lake too. With oh, yeah. some regularity, because it's a it every, is a good size every day of the every weekend every oh, day. No kidding. Yeah, see, that's a that's a lot. It's not like you just have a bunch of like. I mean, right now there's more. I see more people fishing right now, all yes. over the all bodies of water. It doesn't matter where you go. Um, although I'll tell you, I think between you, me, and the wall, I think right now is a great opportunity to get on a golf course if you've ever wanted to try it and do some fishing. It's a lot of them are closed, <laughs> you know, a lot of That's them are closed. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I've always, I drive by some of these country clubs and I'm just like, son of a bitch, I got to get out there. And just, yeah. you know, I, I just posted something today. I, I saw, I was watching a video and it was a, a lure, uh, comparison video comparing yum dingers with. Yamamoto Senkos mm-hmm. and th- I was watching it and it hit me that the guy who was who was who was doing it and I mean I love this guy this kid's videos they're great so I'm not going to throw him under the bus but he had uh he picked uh a, a bag of like they were on clearance for like a dollar and then regular price Yamamoto's but they were different colors and I, w- I was like you know if you're going to do a comparison like that apples to apples you really kind of have to make sure that they're at least similar colors. Like one of them was a black and red right. flake and the other one was like a June bug. So yeah. they're kind of close, but you know, I mean one, uh, especially in, in fishing, one company's June bug can be another company's, you know, plum purple or, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. Like if you go like, okay, so we're going to use black or we're going to use green pumpkin where there's really like no argument there. And then I, I, I also posted a, a question on as a follow-up saying, would you like to get these reviews and, you know, comparisons on the podcast? 100% everybody's like, nope, <laughs> don't want to hear them. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to waste your time. <laughs> we'll just get, skip right ahead. Oh, man. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Senko guy. I, yep. I've tried. The only one that, that comes close for me is the uh, Strike King, the Ocho. Um, that's the only one that, that comes close, but I think I can go out with any color Senko Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's bass crack. Um, yep. those, those lures, I, I, I can, I can go out with any color and, and pretty confidently come in with, with, a, at least one fish on that day. When it comes um, to stick baits, I'm with you. 
a hundred percent. Like Yamamoto, plus like you can get the Gary Yamamoto's anywhere. Right. They're ever. I mean, they're they're not cheap, but they're no. they're everywhere. I mean, you can get them with no problem. I also for for a long time, like I know a lot of people complain that they're you know they don't hold up, but I'll take a, a, a Senko that's been torn up and I'll just cut the ripped off edges and I'll use it for a Ned rig. I'll just store them yeah. in a separate Ziploc bag and I'll, I'll use them for a Ned rig and they they still get hammered. You know? I'm melting. I'm melting all my used ones down and, and uh, repouring. I got a, a four inch Senko um, yep. mold from do it molds. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm pouring all my re- remelting and putting and pouring some four inch ones just to have, we'll see how those goes. I've, I've caught, I've caught some fish on the, the report one so far. So yeah, so far so good. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of the, this I've been considering even like making my own jigs, but then I was, I realized in mass, you can't use lead. So I'm not about to start pouring tungsten at home. I don't think Correct. that's going to happen. No. <laughs> so, get away with is bismuth because i pour some and, and i use bismuth yeah um and i use that for my drop shots but it, it you know it gets expensive uh not as expensive as buying them in the stores but um, yeah but buy the bismuth and and then a lot of people like to to mix it with tin to have a little bit of hardness um and i just i just do the um the little ball drop shots and mm-hmm. the bismuth doesn't usually crack so i can get away with that but oh that's good that's good. I just started, and I did pour some lead. You know, I, I do pour some lead for the states that still allow it. Yeah. Oh, of course. And I think lead's probably the go-to. And, and I mean, if you fish Connecticut at all, that's no problem. Rhode Island too. I think right. it's no problem. So right. that's pretty yeah. good. What's like your favorite? I know you said that you're uh, like you're a Senko guy. What's your favorite? Your go-to lure, like brand new body of water. What are you going to use to search? Although actually, well, you probably have some really sweet like panoptics electronics <laughs> going on, and you don't need any well, of that stuff. No. Oh, oh no, no? no, 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 no. I got I got my uh, my Ultrex with my spot lock. That yep. was my uh, my biggest upgrade, and I love it. But uh, oh, yeah. no, you know what? Um, depending on the time of the year, I mean, new body of water. You know, summertime, late fall. I'm going with Senko. Yep. Uh, Senko top water. I mean, top water right off the bat, you know, any type of uh, pop bar or um, um, uh, Zara Spook, mm-hmm. uh, Bright King's Sexy Dog, anything like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, that. but I got to I, I got to go with with either Senko or or. Uh, yeah, Senko's it. I, yeah. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> my my buddies, in my bass club, they they always call me Timmy Yamamoto. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make that your new trivia name. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, but only a couple people would get it. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, enough. I think the ones that matter would. I I would. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the um the thing that I think is I it, it's so funny. I had this conversation with with my last guest, Sean Dominic, and I mentioned how one of the things I like to throw, especially with new water, is a jig. Um, and it's slow and it's painful, but it's like you get such a good idea of the contour of the bottom. And I think that my go-to there is just because I'm not really what I would consider. I, I really don't do a whole lot of moving baits. I really don't. Mm. You know, most of what I do is bottom fishing for the most part. Um, and like some real finesse stuff. Like I just started getting really into throwing drop shots. I really like that a lot. Yep. And, and also like Ned rigs. I love Ned rigging. I think it's great. There's so, it's so, so versatile. 
Uh, and you know, when, when the bite gets tough, you know, and as always a weedless, I think a weedless Senko is, is, is always a home run. Always. Yep. Um, yep. I just, I just fished a real pressured, uh, small pond that I, uh, that, that I've never had any luck at. And it the only thing that would get it done was green pumpkin Senko. That was yeah. it. It worked, worked like a charm. But yeah. yeah, I do. I I do. I like to throw a jig, and just because I can get an idea of like, okay, cool. Well, I'm I'm going over some rocks, or or there's right. a big stump right there, and with that, there comes the loss of a jig or two. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's the game you play. But you get a really good idea of like what's going on at the bottom. Um, but I think like for me, if I'm going to search top, uh, like if I'm going to do like top water, especially first thing in the morning, I'll throw uh, I'll throw a whopper plopper and just fan cast it. And and see what I'm what I'm doing there. Once that sun's up too high, though, I'm going to the bottom. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, you know, that that, oh gosh, that whole sun's up too high thing. I mean, you you, you do enough fishing, there there are situations where it's like, yeah, all right, there's exceptions you know, to every it's rule. One o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm in the middle of a tournament, and the sun's up. But you know, something tells me to throw the buzz bait, and I threw a buzz bait, and I'm I getting hammered left and right on the buzz yeah. bait, and I come in with a decent limit, and it's like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to work. Yeah. So for me, I I, I try not to limit myself to everything, all the rules. Yeah, exactly. Of, of yeah, sometimes you got to step out. It was like uh, I think I think it was David Bowie. I think David Bowie made a comment about the synthesizer when it became like a big thing in studios, people using synthesizers for their music. And he made some kind of a comment of, of like, well, you got to know the the instruction manual inside and out so you can take it and throw it in the trash. Because ultimately you want to like, that's what, what the art is, is breaking stuff. You know, you got to, yeah. but it, it also helps when you know what it is that you're breaking. Random like analogy, but <laughs> I think it kind of fits. Go with your confidence bait or whatever lures you're using is going to work. That's great. Throw it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but I mean, you say I've been listening to your podcast and 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 you're 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 really liking the jig and it's in the jig. Yep. Um. So, I mean, it's been my goal for the last three years because I'm just more comfortable with other things. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Here's a funny thing. What's that? I was out yesterday and I'm dragging a, a Ned rig yep. and doing the exact what you were just saying. Just threw it on a on a, a drop and I'm dragging it and feeling every little bump and every little bump and there's a tick and there's a fish. And so I'm kind of lying in bed last night thinking, well, why can't I do that with a jig? It's the same same technique. It, it totally so. is. That's part of the reason I think why I started <laughs> liking the Ned so much is that it's uh, it's got it's got those same kind of similarities. It's just right. like when when I first first started fishing, the first thing I really sort of discovered as all right, this is a, a great presentation was just a curly tail worm with maybe like a three eighths ounce bullet bullet weight and just dragging it real slow on the bottom, usually in the summer, and I would get hit pretty good on that. And from that, eventually, I found the shaky head, and then it was just a matter of time where I was just you know changing things up. And I think that's the that's what's funny is. I think was it? I think it was uh, was it Brian Latimer? I think it was Brian Latimer. I just saw in a video, a recent one, where he was he was fishing Ned rigs for spotted bass and was showing two on basically the same uh, style head. It was a Z-Man um, 
finesse mushroom head or, a, or maybe it was a power and he had the the ned traditionally the way you would you would you would uh rig it you know with the basically the hook going all the way through the straight through the plastic and coming up through the side but then he had a larger trd and i didn't realize z-man made a larger trd it's more like a senko and what what he had done was he sort of rigged it the way you would almost like on a flipping hook and uh, I started using them. Yeah, I had no idea they even made the big TRDs. That's hilarious that you even got them. And I'm watching. I was like, well, you know, I why not? You know, when I have issues where I've got a lot of you know muck on the bottom or something, and my Ned rig's getting. Usually, what I would do is I'd take a one aught EWG, and I would basically. I think I've got pictures on the Jigs and uh, Jigs and Bigs Instagram of this. I'd use a tiny sixteenth uh, ounce. Uh, wait, and I would just basically, it would be like a worm presentation, but with a Ned. I'd use like the Guggen mm. Squad rattling Neds, and they just yep. kill it. But then I, I would go back and I just re rig some of the other Ned heads that I have, and I didn't have to worry about weed guards or anything like that. It really, really does the trick. So that, yeah, and, and it really, it's like a small shaky head. That's really all it is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, I, I was, I started fishing the Ned rigs for, um, smallies yeah and and then i just started throwing it for for the largies and and i was hooked so I, i've been doing very well with the ned rigs um i like the z-mans because i mean you can go you can use one worm for oh. almost two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> you know absolutely so. they i mean it the, i feel like the it takes a little bit to get the it's a little bit more difficult, I think, getting yes. them on the hook. But once you learn how to do it and you've kind of got a little bit of confidence in doing it, it's no problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good. I've got a couple of finesse jigs. I like using those TRD. I think they're called TRD hogs. It's uh, They've got the little – would you have some right there? <laughs> they have like uh, – I got the turbo craw, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The turbo craws are great, and they, they do. They look exactly like an actual craw. But uh, the hogs are are they're really narrow. They don't have claws. They almost have like – they look like a bug. And yes. they're just just the right size. It's like it's. – I've got this really small Molex finesse jig, and I was like, what the hell am I going to use for a trailer on this thing? And I threw that on. It worked It worked beautifully. I also like yeah, the, I using those for I just drop ordered shots. some. Yep. I, I do like the, the actually all the TRD stuff for drop shots because they float so well. Yes, you know they're so buoyant. I think they're they're probably better than than most trick worms I've ever used. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty pretty badass. So when uh, how how long have you been into doing tournaments now? I'm trying to think. I, when I first started, I met one of my coaches uh, at Central High School when I worked at Central. Yeah. Um, he was the swim coach, Art Barnes, and he was he was showing me all his pictures of bass. And I said, "Oh, I said that you know I'm out here from Eastern Mass, and I really want to get more into the freshwater stuff." And he's like, "Ah, oh, come on out." So, so he was uh, he was kind enough to kind of you know take mission a couple times, and then he was doing uh, some pickup tournaments. Um, and he invited me to go do those in a, in just like a, a small John boat, crawdad boat, and with with uh, with some pickup tournaments in uh, trolling motor only, and then kind of ventured up into more of a, a you know smaller boat. I bought a small tracker, and then um, then I found the uh, the bass club that I'm in, and. Uh, 
been doing it ever since. So that's been been out of central for what, 15, 16, almost 20 years now. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a freaking while, man. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. The, yep. the competition adds a little bit more to it. Um, and we've got a good group of guys in, in my bass club, Northeast Bass Anglers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a good mix of just a lot of fun fishermen versus some fishermen that want to take it a little bit more serious, maybe go on to the next level. Yeah. Um, but me, I, I, I just kind of like to do it. Um, I'm, I'm serious, but I'm not like ultra serious where, oh, geez, I got to make the next level and, and move on because, hey, let's face it, I'm getting older. My, you know, my days of becoming a bass pro are long gone, so. Oh man, I hear you. I, I'm like, I, I wish I would have discovered this 20 years ago. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I'm just like hustling to be a weekend warrior. I, I, I absolutely, you know, I thought would, if I would have discovered this sport like in its greatness back then, oh my goodness! But what, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to roll with it. Right. But then, and 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 you say it's a sport. But I'm sure. Like, you know, half your family and people are, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, you know, they all make fun of us because we like to go and be one with nature and relax and have no, no stresses. And, you know, if, if the biggest stress of your day is, you know, maybe catching or losing a fish, you know, whoop dee. But, um, the fact that you can go out and maybe see an eagle soaring above your head or, oh, yeah. or just enjoy the sounds of nature and just contemplate things, you know, it's, it's very stress free. Oh, absolutely. Like I would consider it a sport in the same way that like I would consider something like hiking or rock climbing a sport, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same, same idea, you know? Um, the, there's a, especially like, you know, if you're a bank angler or a kayak angler and people are just like, well, you know, it's, I know my wife thinks I go to a body of water, I cast <laughs> a line out, set up a lawn chair, crack a cold one and just sit there and hang out. And I'm like, you have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't turn that down. That'd be great, but at the same time, it it, it ain't like that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, there there are days when you know, like tomorrow we're going. I'm going up, uh, up in the Berkshires with uh, three or four guys, and we're each taking our own boat, and we're just going up, and we're going to fun fish. But we'll sit around, we'll float around, maybe have a beer. You know, we'll kind of, you know, float next to each other for a little bit in yep. the middle. Be two or three times, have a beer, relax, shoot the shit, you know, go back to fishing next to each other, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, now? This is a question I've asked every guest I've had so far, and I I like this. I like this question. Um, So the the saying goes that fishing tackle companies catch or fishing tackle catches more suckers than they actually do fish. What's the number one ridiculous uh, fishing tackle trend in your opinion? And have you been guilty of using that? <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. <laughs> uh, yes, I've been guilty. Okay, fair. <laughs> but, but I was in my beginning stages. Um, yes, it was the banjo minnow. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. And then, uh, gosh, what was the other one that... The other one that that I always laugh at, and and I still see it on TV every now and then, is the Mighty Bite. Oh, I remember the Mighty Bite. There was an infomercial, I think, for that. Yes, there was. Yep. There was an infomercial. uh, The Mighty Bite lure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you know, but you know, it's it's funny that you you say that because I got a buddy of mine that uh, uh, he makes lures and and uh, his own stuff. He kind of dabbles around and and I go out and I, I I go I take whatever lures I have and I show him and he's like, you know what? He says that that doesn't catch fish, and and I said, well, why don't you think it catches fish? He goes, you know, these lures lure companies they catch more fishermen. And they do fish. Exactly. Like, you know what? All the pretty colors. I mean, this is why I have all these different color baits. You know? Oh, abs- like, absolutely right. <laughs> I had to tell myself I am not buying any more plastics unless they're the plastics that I use. Yeah. So I have robo worms, I have uh, turds, and I have uh, Senkos. And that's pretty much what I buy for plastics. Um, but I'll be walking by the, the island and I'll look, oh, I think that'll work. Yeah. And I hardly ever throw it, you know, it just, it catches you. So, oh yeah, I got to, I got to close my eyes every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's important. Like you got to have the stuff that works. Yeah. It's one thing to, to, to sample something like if it's, especially if it's something that's new, um, yep. like I recently, I would, I never, ever used anything that, that was, uh, white. Like I would never throw a white spinner bait or crankbaits like white, just for one reason or another, just never ever did anything for me. And then I was watching, and speaking of like bed fishing specifically, I was watching a video and um, one of the the soft plastics that's fairly new that I like is the Bandito Bug, the Google okay. Squad Bandito Bug. I think yep. it's a, it's a great size. It's a great like medium presentation. It's 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 awesome. But like anytime I've ever bought them, I buy their whatever their name is that they have for their essentially green pumpkin and black and blue. Those that's all I would typically buy. And I try to keep my, you know, soft plastics generally like that, where I can match to either one or the other. But then last fall, um, I started getting more into I was like, you know, we really in a lot of the bodies of water where, where I am, there are no shad. Most of them. Uh, so okay. I'm trying to match bluegill for the most part. So like when I use a paddle tail swim bait, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll use like a, an exo swim from Biospawn and I'll use green pumpkin almost exclusively. But last fall, I just decided I would try a, um, I won't say that it's a white color per se. It's like a white silver fleck. Uh, I forget the name of it. I forget what the, what, what Biospawn calls it, but it's it's sort of a shad pattern, and man, they just lit it up. And you know what I realized for the first time, and then seeing this video for when they were bed fishing, throwing a white bandito bug, you can see this sucker so easy in the water, so you know exactly where the lure is and what it's doing. You know, especially for bed fishing when you're generally shallow. You know, yep, it sticks out so much. I'll better. Uh, I'll take my net. I'll take my net heads yep. and and I'll uh, I'll powder paint them a chartreuse or a white, um, you know, tiny little, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know uh, an eighth of a, an eighth of an ounce uh, or even smaller. Sometimes it depends on the day, but um, I'll just paint them chartreuse or white just so I can see them on the bed, so I can see what the fish is doing. That way, it gives me an idea on. Um, whether or not to set the hook when a fish goes over it. Yeah. If you can see it, you can see that the fish has engulfed it rather than if you can't see it and you think the fish has it, you yep. set the hook and you rip it into a thigh. That's a really so, good point. Um, but then, I mean, that's what I do. I, you know, again, everybody has their own thing. By, by no means am I, you know, um, Mr. Professional out there. I, I like to have fun. I like to try different things. Oh, yeah. Um, 
certainly like to learn some some new techniques and stuff like that, but I also don't want to cloud my my mind with all the new techniques that everybody's catching along. Yeah. You know, which changes every year. So I like my confident stuff. You got to, you got, I think the first thing you got to do is, is figure out what you're confident with and then stick with it. And, you know, it's one thing to dabble or you could consider it dabbling, or I like to think of it as just challenging yourself, you know, stepping out of your, your comfort zone a little bit. And you might surprise yourself what you can actually do when you're, you know, not relying necessarily on, on what, you know, uh, what, what you've been on sort of what you've been leaning on this whole time coming up. Yes. So it's always yeah, like going, going to the lake with, uh, you know, just one rod and, it, and it's a jig rod and yep. saying, okay, I'm going to throw the jig all day long. And then, you know, five minutes in, you like, you're snipping off the jig and you're putting something else on cause you see the fish and you're like, oh, why, what am I doing? Yeah. But, no, when I go out fishing, I want to catch fish. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I, I wouldn't say that that's a problem. Of course, of course, my phone is well, ringing. My my wife does. She's she thinks I'm nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's common for just wives in general. I'll bet you if I did a poll right now, every 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 single listener that listens to this show probably would say, "Yeah, my spouse thinks I'm crazy." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I now I haven't asked anybody this yet, but I figure with you, Tim, it's probably best. Tell me the story of every everybody's got. No matter where they are in their uh, story of of fishing, they've all got that catch. That now you can share either one with you or or both if you like. One that absolutely blew you away, like just like the the, the catch you're most proud of, or the one that just broke you. <laughs> you know. Oh gosh. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I I got a hmm. That, that's a that's a good one. Yep. Well, one one's related to 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 bass fishing, and one isn't. Oh, all right. Uh, so bass fishing was um, a couple of years ago through my bass club. I I was lucky enough to qualify for the divisional. Um, Northeast, uh, the Northeast divisionals, um, up in Lake Ontario, um, St. Lawrence river there. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we went up there for, for the, uh, divisionals there. And I, I mean, fishing St. Lawrence river, un- I mean, a thousand islands, unbelievable. It's oh, a- yeah. absolutely unbelievable place. I want to get back there again. I, I go every day if I, if I could, if it wasn't five hours away, mm-hmm. um, just unbelievable fishing. The unfortunate part was the weather wasn't good enough for any of the days oh. for us to go out into the lake. So we just had to stay in the river, which was fine, but, um, caught my, at, for the time it was my personal best smallie drop shot. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was five, uh, five, five, I think it was something like that. It's a big ass um, smallie, my friend. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a and, big smallie. And the guy that was running now, I, I was a, a, a co angler, so I was in the back of the boat. And yep. The guy was, you know, he was kind of, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, blocking me, but he was watching his electronics and getting the best spots. And oh, yeah. he's telling me what to do. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks. And I'm watching his back electronics and I see this arch on the screen and I drop down and I'm like, okay. And I hook it, and it, you know, like I said, it was five something. 
And the guy got mad at me and says, if you're going to block me from catching these fish, you got to tell me when they're on the screen. I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought I reacted. I, you know, didn't know it was, you know, so it was that that fish right there was just my favorite, favorite smallmouth to catch um, in a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, now my, my personal best smallmouth to date is up at the Anoda and that was uh, a five, six. And that was in December on a, uh, silver buddy, one of my own as oh. well. I made a silver buddy. Oh, nice. Um, but so, yeah. So, I mean, I love smallmouth, but my favorite story is, is for my 50th birthday. Um, my wife, um, was able to, to rent a place down in Boca Grande, Florida. And she invited my family, um, you know, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, yep. my sister who lives down there uh, with her husband, um, who was a charter captain. Oh, okay. And, uh, it was in August <clears throat> and, for, and we were sick. We contracted the uh, uh, food poisoning or it oh. was the year that the red tide was bad. So it could have been in the air, who knows, but yep. my wife and I were sick pretty much the whole week. But there was a, a a window of about two hours. My brother-in-law said, "Hey, why don't we go out in uh, in the harbor and see if we can get some tarpon?" And uh, we went out, and literally in a span of two hours, we hooked, dropped, or caught twenty some odd tarpon. No, oh, man, it was unbelievable. That's crazy. And yeah, and my brother-in-law, who's who's a very you know an excellent guy down there. Yep. He, he couldn't believe it. We were just coming across like schools of tarpon and he literally would hand me the rod and say, okay, now cast over here. And we're using a little plastic, um, uh, swim bait. And for the life of me, I can't think of the name. It mm-hmm. may pop into my head, but he was so confident with, with each of the casts, um, that I, I was going to hook in that he was videotaping my reaction. So as as I cast and was reeling in, I hooked into one, and he had a, he caught it on video. That wasn't the biggest one, but uh, that's I was awesome. able to, I was able to land. Uh, you know, obviously we can't weigh the tarpon, but he said this tarpon was over a hundred pounds. It took me holy crap uh, half an hour to to reel this tarpon in, and by the time <clears throat> I got it to the boat, took pictures, I was exhausted. I was just lying on the deck of the boat. Oh, I believe I, it. Could move. I, I believe it. Was, it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So I, those are my, you know, those are my my favorite fish stories. But uh, you know, I, every time I go down to Florida to visit my my sister and brother in law, he always takes me out and we go flats fishing, and that's the closest thing to to freshwater bass fishing down there is, is the saltwater flats. Oh, really? Snook. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're unbelievable. Yeah, aggressive as hell, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You nice. can, uh, I mean, you take a, a you know, a, a pop bar mm-hmm. and just go in, or a, a soft uh, jerk bait like a zoom fluke. Yep. In the right areas, uh, catching redfish and snook with those, it's it's awesome. It's just like you know, bass fishing. <laughs> That's freaking great, man! That is so cool. A hundred pound tarpon. Like, oh my God. I can, I get, that's got Yeah. That's one of those moments where you're just like, I mean, just you've got nothing left after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and to get the, your, your picture moment, he says, okay, now take both hands, grab the, the lip of the fish. Yep. And he says, now both hands. And I grab with one and I have no strength and the fish is flopping. Oh and, yeah. 
So he's like two hands and hold. I'm like, Dave, I, I can't do it anymore. You better take this freaking picture now. I, I got no strength left. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you see, especially especially like these saltwater guys that go out and they uh, they catch these large fish, and it's just like, oh my god, it's just one of those things. Like you you just got to do, you know. I was oh, te- I, I, I was telling I my wife. It. I said for my fiftieth birthday, I go. I, I want to take, you know, a couple of weeks and either either pick, you know, what like I've got a, a, a short list of spots in the country that I want to to hit and and fish and just go with a guide, you know, and just yep. to get that. Like I would love to get that double digit bass experience. You know, oh yeah. I mean, just like, and I was like, yeah, that's the perfect time to do it. Fifty. That's a, it's a mile marker. Let's, let's make that happen. So that's the goal. I got, I got quite a few years to wait, but we'll get there. Yep, that was, that was my. Uh, I told my brother-in-law too. I said, my fiftieth birthday, you're, you're putting me on tarpon because that was the first time I caught tarpon. So yeah. Oh, and, and what, and what a first oh, time out. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. Yep. No, that's crazy. Now I have so I'm going to share this story with you, and I I had mentioned it in the, the first episode, but this is like that fishing moment where it was like I in a similar way where you're just like absolutely drained. Um, so I had the the numbers are totally different. This is about a five pound bass, right? About okay. so I have uh, this one spot that I like to fish periodically, and I like to go there because I've I've got a really good understanding of the the way that this body of water works, and I like it because because of that confidence, I can go and try new stuff, and and it's it's a really it's a good spot. So one of the things last year that I was doing, I was trying really hard to build confidence in fishing with a jig, and the way that this all happened was just it was it was freaking bananas. So this area where I fish, there's a lot of, uh, this one end of it has a lot of man-made structure, a lot of concrete. And, uh, in fact, the area where I am, there's, there's a railing that comes up to keeps you from like falling in the water that comes up and goes around you. And there's a little spillway just to one side of it. It's about like at the smallest, yeah, at the, the, the shortest level, it's probably about four, four and a half foot high. It's not crazy, okay. you know, but I mean, I go, I'm way over 300 pounds. Like for me to jump over a wall like that is a big deal. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it, it takes a little bit of finesse. So I ironically was throwing a, a quarter ounce uh, Terminator finesse jig, green pumpkin with a, uh, I think actually it was a radfish uh, craw as a trailer. Okay. And a flop. Uh, Yep, yep. I I love their 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 craw tra- uh, their their soft baits. Their craws, I think they're awesome. They're yes. just the right size to make like uh like a finesse jig like that really sort of pop. And it was one of these things where I had fished two or three other spots that day. It was just it was not a good day. And I'm one of these anglers where if I'm if I'm not having a good day, I start to overthink everything and and I made the conscious decision. I've been getting better with it. <laughs> But I made the conscious decision to say, I'm going to step outside of this and I'm just going to, because nothing's biting, I'm just going to throw a jig and we'll see what happens. And I had, uh, I I didn't have the confidence at the time in this body of water per se. Uh, So I was just kind of throwing where I was sort of taking the info that I had and piecing it together and casting this jig in this one spot and slowly moving it over and moving it over. Well, I get hit with a freaking freight chain train of a strike. This thing hit so hard. It almost took the rod out of my hands. And so I, 
Yeah. I set the hook crazy hard and I start, you know, working, working the fish back. It swims out, out to open water and eventually comes up. And, and I get the, the, the sun that was setting kind of shines down on the water and I can see this big reflection of its body. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be a problem. Now, I'm about I'm standing on a platform that's from where my feet are. It's probably about five feet up from the bottom of the water. So I have to, every fish that I've caught from this spot, I basically have to flip up to me and be able to grab. This isn't oh, happening geez. with this fish. It's not. It's too large to do it. I don't have faith in the line that I've got. I don't want to break the rod. So right. what I do is I open up the bail and I let the fish swim off and just kind of do his thing because I've been going back and forth and I know I'm not going to pull him up and over the railing. So I shimmy down under. I get my fat ass on the ground and I shimmy under the railing and I drop down on it onto the, um, what do you call it? Onto the, the spillway. And the water level was low, so there's no water coming over it. So I'm standing over there, and I, I take the rod, and I, I work him back over to where I am, and I, I get him out, and I'm like, I couldn't believe this. Like, really defined bucket mouth, you know? Just mm. this monstrous head, like, and I'm, I, I, I go to uh, grab my scale, and I can't reach the bag on the other side Ugh. of and my phone was in there too. So I couldn't even <laughs> take a picture with this fish. I was just, I couldn't freaking believe it. So, so it didn't like, happen. That's the problem. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the problem. But, and I say this all the time, what I got out of that instance. So anyway, uh, what I got out of that instance was really that I had confidence in the jig, like real confidence in a jig, because everything I had heard about this presentation had actually happened. Like it doesn't get all the bites, but the bites that it gets are the bigger bites. Yeah. And and I, I was like, okay, that was like, I could like hear it in my head at that moment, like Gene Jensen saying like, fish in a jig, it's not going to get you every mm. bite. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm holding this thing. And I mean, this, this fish and I, we had, we had battled back and forth for this whole thing. Plus like, the only recoup time he had would, it was about like, you know, the, the short amount of time it took me to shimmy under the railing and then drop my fat ass onto the spillway. So I'm holding this fish and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, release him, let him go, swims off. I'm just like, this is amazing. I was like shaking, like a religious experience, you know? I yep. cl- the, what was even funnier was climbing back up and over. <laughs> that was that was the real 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 show. <laughs> Anything. Where are your Where are your friends when you need a? Video? I know. Well, I call my friend when I get to the other side. My buddy, my buddy Paul. I call him up and I was like, "Dude, you're never gonna believe this." I was like, "I just had like a a, a meeting God type experience with <laughs> this largemouth." at this spot. And he's like, what happened? So I told him about it. I was like, so, you know, that little drop off, I had to climb over and I'm like, and I reach over to grab, I figured I had my phone in my pocket. I usually always do, but I put it in my bag and I'm like, you stupid bastard. How could you do that? Oh, so I have been trying to catch this bass again at some point. It's for so, long but it's I your do, Walter yeah yeah that's exactly it and I was like you got to be kidding me oh I mean the, the the as far as the largest I've I've caught uh yet that I've been able to to weigh I did I did break four pounds uh last summer as well it took a few months and that was also on a jig and I was just like this is great but this this thing had to go five it had to it was just an absolute beast 
Well, for bank fish, those are those are good sized fish. Those are great fish. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I was I I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, it was it was amazing. And I've you know I've I've had some some decent fish that have come up from then. But that's that's my goal. And I, my my other big goal is once I break a certain weight. And I, I, I catch, you know, something that breaks a certain weight for largemouth. I've got a different weight for smallmouth. I'm 100%. What I do is I keep, uh, I, of course, I keep, you know, leader and stuff on a spool. But I'm just going to measure using that and then get a replica done. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I have a spot already in my office waiting for this to be hung up. <laughs> nice. So that's on the radar. But, yeah, that's my big story where I'm like, yeah, this was a – this that changed things a hundred percent. I was like, wow, <laughs> no more dinks. You know, I'm like now, now I'm not going to get that. You know, oh yeah, I caught a pound and a half. You know, I, I caught an eighteen inch bass. Oh great, you know, wonderful. No, this was this this was a game changer. Yeah, I the, the largest bass I've seen caught. Yep, was that same uh, coach from Central High School um, when he moved down to Florida, and I went to visit my mother. I met up with him and we went fishing. He caught a nine pounder, um, yeah. The day that that we were fish fishing, and then um, I think two years ago during our our uh, uh, Fed Trail um, tournament champions mm-hmm. up in uh, it was New Hampshire. It was Wentworth. Uh, one of the guys caught an eight pound, eight something bass. And I was working oh. the scales, and I, I grabbed that fish. I'm like, "Holy smokes!" Yeah, an eight pound northern northern uh, bass. You know, that's unbelievable. Oh my god! Like uh, it's huge and aggressive as hell, and just oh my goodness! I my biggest largie is a seven uh, seven two, and I caught that up in uh, uh, Manamanac on a drop shot. Really. Oh yep. my god, that's that's the kind of story I loved him because I so many people that don't like they just they 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 just turn down or turn their nose up rather at that finesse presentation, and yes. it's just oh my god, it does. I mean, the, the the biggest bass I caught this year was was fishing finesse. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, yeah. You had you had mentioned that you hadn't been uh, much of a drop shot fisherman, but you're you're starting to get into that a little bit. Huh? Yeah, that's and definitely. Yeah, um, I had, I've only caught one fishing the drop shot. Um, I have there's a couple of techniques like that I need to work. As a matter of fact, I was just talking with a YouTuber uh, last night, and I, I, I she had caught. Uh, an absolute monster. And in her video, I noticed that there was only like about six or eight inches of line between her weight and her, her hook. And I, I messaged her and I was like, I feel like I'm leaving a mile because I, I leave probably about 16, 18 inches in between my hook okay. and, and my leader. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I, maybe I'm just not thinking or putting the consideration into like where the level of weeds are or where they're suspending. Cause I'm sure all that comes together, but I got to work on that. Yeah. You know, honestly, and this is just me. I usually leave about, you know, maybe 10 inches or so, maybe, maybe yeah. 12 inches max. And I'll be honest with you. I don't really look at it and, and tie my, my hook and say, Oh, do I have a foot? You know, I just kind of guesstimate. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes if I see that the fish are snug right on the bottom, I, I might, you know, do maybe six inches and just kind of let it sit a little bit more rather than, you know, popping it off the ground. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't get too caught up in all that stuff. I mean, 
you're you're rattling off you know all these bait names and manufacturers i listen to your other podcasts and you know which you know medium heavy seven foot fast tip you know you know uh, big eye little eye whatever real I, i'm yeah. just sitting here like i got what i have i have a hodgepodge of of uh you know rods and reels now granted they're not ugly sticks or anything like that but yeah you know <laughs> but i don't go i don't go crazy and i don't know exactly um every single rod and reel that I have manufacturer wise. That's why I kind of just chuckle when you guys start talking like that. Oh yeah. But I, you know, (laughs) I'm just, Hey, you know, give me my, I got a couple, uh, St. Croix. I got a couple, you know, ardent rods and reels. I got, but I don't know. I I can't see spending $300 for a rod and $300 for a reel. Yeah. There's no way I, I, I won't either. I think each of my combos, if they cap at about a hundred dollars a piece, that's I'm good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, I think I have, sure I have my, one reel that that broke the hundred dollar mark, but that's yeah. and it and it and it shows. It's my it's my favorite reel, you know, and it definitely performs. But well, when when you're when you're zipping across the lake at forty five miles an hour, yep. and you hit a uh, you know a wake, and all of a sudden you realize your rods aren't tied down, and you see your most expensive one go over the side and down to the bottom, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, I've always had a thing where I've. <laughs> I've said that I'm like, like this stuff gets beaten. It needs to be replaceable. You know, yes, like if something exactly. happens, it's got to be something that I can afford to replace. Exactly. Um, that's that's my mindset, one hundred percent. And that's where my rod and reel combo is probably about one hundred and fifty tops. You know. Yeah. But again, it's got to be replaceable. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one thing. The one thing I'm looking at right now about changing up is, uh, well, I, I, t- I told you that right now there's a boat in play. Okay. <laughs> like there is a boat in play. It, it's, uh, but I need a I need a hitch for my car. It's just not going to happen right now. It's not going to happen for a little while with this whole uh, like my business is completely down right now. So that's that's all right. on 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 the on the back burner. But it's still not. N- you know, swayed me from like looking at modifications and things that are like making plans, which I oh, hate, I hate doing, you know what I mean? Oh, it's just, yep. it's, it's bananas. This yep. is, this is really good, man. This was, this is a really good show. I like it. I can't, I can't believe it's already been an hour. Has it really? It's been an hour already. Oh, geez. Unbelievable. Well, see, that's why you're the professional. You get to lead people into into a conversation. So, well, that's what I try to do. I just try to, you know, that's ultimately what I I, I, I thought of the problem. I, well, I always try to think problem and solution. And I would get in the car and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, love to listen to a fishing podcast. But the problem is, I'd, I'll find one. And I, one of two things, it's either all about tournament fishing, which I don't, I'm starting to get a little bit more into, but I definitely don't follow, um, right. with any kind of regularity, uh, or if it is like fishing tips and techniques and just discussions or stories, it's uh, the podcast and not that they're not great. A lot of them are actually fantastic podcasts, but it's finding them that have content continuously coming out, uh, on a regular yeah. basis. So that's yeah, what I mean, you don't, you- you don't want to listen to a, a, a rolling infomercial on, you know, certain, you know, baits or equipment all the time. You want to hear informative stuff. Well, and, you know, sometimes it's like it's 
even if it is just an extension from like like a YouTuber doing a podcast or something like that, I've what I found is they'll have three, four, or five of them, and it, it'll be good. And maybe it just doesn't get the response that they're looking for, so then they put it down. But like, uh, there's a couple of podcasts that I've been listening to where I've listened to them all, and I'm like, nothing news come out. There's a couple that I've also listened to uh, currently that I'm currently listening to that I love. Like one of them, and I tell everybody, I go, you gotta listen if you're listening, interested in fishing podcasts, listen to tackle talk uh the host his name i think his name is andrew hayes and he's got a lot of know-how he's from ohio he's a younger kid he does uh a lot of smallmouth fishing and uh he's just got a really 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 great show every episode it's super digestible it's like 30 minutes he keeps it really tight great format his intro is done by bill dance <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Um, nice. And uh, hey, it's it's just a really good show. And he's been really consistent week after week. So I appreciate that. And that was one of the biggest things. I was like, there's just not enough stuff where it, somebody's dedicated to it. And it just, it, just, it just goes. So that was my idea with putting this together. I'm like, well, I'm a pretty decent podcaster. And I'm certainly interested enough in fishing to where I can create some good content so i was like and i know that's the thing like i know guys like you and like sean and i'm gonna one of the guys i'm gonna have on eric dowd like this guy just today he put up a post he's like i think he went out and he bought like a little bike trailer and everything he's gonna hit the canal and just hit for stripers like like crazy oh yeah oh yeah i mean just he's just i mean he I, it's not weird for me to like get up at like eight in the morning or something on the weekends. And, you know, I, I'll have like three or four pictures that he sent me of carp that he've caught, that he's caught over at the Oxbow that are like, you know, 25, 30 pounds. <laughs> it's just nice. bananas. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's all about it. So I've got people in this little circle and I'm like, well, let's just have some fun this way. They can kind of, you know, talk about their passion with me that I share with them. And then, you know, I'll put this stuff out there and, and there is definitely an audience because people have been this, this podcast, even more than my trivia podcast has blown up up for listeners really oh yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with the like the facebook groups and and social media and getting people out there like the instagram that i've been working on i've never had the ratio of people who follow me be higher than the number of people that i actively follow so that's a big it's an accomplishment i've been trying to do with the trivia stuff for a long time but with the fishing it, it happened within weeks i couldn't believe it I just started wow. following some people and putting things things out there and people are they're they're listening to the show and I I appreciate it. So I'm going to try to make sure I have an episode each and every week and and make sure that it goes like for the duration. Even I might even honestly I might even start ice fishing next winter just so oh, that I I've, I've got stuff to talk about that's not let's get ready for bass fishing. Aren't you sick of this ice? I don't really love ice fishing, but I might consider doing it, you know. It might also be fun too. You we know. want to talk about just sitting there having beers and and eating food. And That's oops, yep, flags, yeah. flags up. <laughs> that is ice fishing. That's the whole thing. I mean, like, and that was my experience with it too. Like, I remember going like w with my old man and his buddies. We'd go out ice fishing, and it'd be like, okay, we're gonna drop a bunch of holes here, and then throw tip ups all over the place, and then there's a grill going. <laughs> like, so we're cooking yes. over an open fire. And everybody's just drinking and having fun, and uh, and I, I'm That's like, crazy stuff. Yeah. It really is, and now it, it, ice, ice and fire don't mix. So no. people are having open fires on 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 the ice. And to me, that it just 
counterintuitive. That and trucks on the ice. Yeah. I don't get it. But <laughs> well, twenty five years ago, our winters were much, much more like the. I, yes. I think you got safer ice quicker. So so much earlier. I can remember like with, with the we used to have a manual augers. I see these guys now that go out there that have the ice. Like that's the other thing too. Is when I would go ice fishing, I never had those like drop down fish finders. <laughs> no idea. It was just yeah. like. I fished over here before. This is a good spot. Let's put, you know, a bunch of holes around here, drop some tip-ups, and then keep warm. <laughs> yes. Know? And that exactly. was keep keep warm. That's that's the main focus. Exactly. Awesome, yeah. man. No, this was really good, Tim. Thanks so much. I appreciate you doing this. No, I appreciate you you having me on. It's it's always good to talk fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on a rainy day. Yeah. Although I, I see the sun peeking out. I might try to sneak I, out. I do too, but I think my wife will kill me if I go out there. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I think I got the same problem over here. I've been trying to get my girls out with me because, like, they have there's nothing they can do right now. Like, for a little while, oh, we're like, in- what's up? Get them into fishing. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. Well, my oldest is 16. She wants nothing to well, do with uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Although, that said, I did convince them to go out where I went to high school. There's this little spot where a couple of rivers meet up. And uh, I think they call it the crutch, if I'm not mistaken. And I figured uh, a friend of mine was walking his dog back there, and he was like, hey, you should come out here and fish. So I, I told him, I said, yeah, you guys want to go for a little bit of a hike? We'll go. We'll fish at this spot at the river, you know, see what we come up with. It'll be great. My youngest, she went out with me last summer a handful of times and and has caught fish, and she is ecstatic. Um I, so I bought her a, a spinning combo, got her all set. She's into, she's kind of like a little me, <laughs> which it, I mean, nice. she's my kid. She should be, but she like, <laughs> she'll, she'll ask me, she's like, so what'd you catch that one, dad? Uh, was it on that PB and J jig that you picked up? Was that, is that, is that what you caught it on? Would you use for a trailer, dad? You know, <laughs> she's like, she's hilarious. My oldest though, once we're out there, she'll, she'll take a few casts and she's caught like when she was real little, she caught a couple of pickerel and was blown away. She thought she caught like sharks. She's like, they have teeth. Oh my goodness. I just caught an 18 inch pickerel, uh, last week. The thing was absolutely wow. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just it destroyed a popper. It was, I felt so bad for the sucker comes up, swallows his little popper. I, uh, last year I, I got this popper in a, in a mystery tackle box from Booyah called the, the prank. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got a lip like a square bill lip. Um, yeah, I've seen that one. And it's it's cool. Like you can, f- it's really it's probably the m- one of the most versatile topwater baits I've got. And uh, I threw it uh, on my on my spinning rod, and I was I was I was using it uh, fishing almost like a jerk bait, like a real shallow jerk bait. And this yep. this uh, pickerel chain pickerel comes up and just annihilates it, swallows the uh, the the popper, and uh, I get him up out of the water. And you know he's thrashing around like crazy, pops out, but I mean just blood all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh I should have thought about. it. I was like that'd be actually kind of a cool picture <laughs> for the gram. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get some hate comments for it, but I'm like no no no, this isn't. Me. It's just happened to be the way you attack the attack the lure. Now what can you do? Uh, so I got I got I got a story. You know, as far as kids go, my my son uh, he's twenty oh, twenty five. Yep. in a month here. Um, but I had him in our our youth club through Northeast Bass Anglers, and uh, we were fishing one of the youth tournaments, and uh, it was right around uh, spawn time, and we actually were going around. You know, we could take him out in a boat. Um, we couldn't as adults fish for, you know, for the tournament, but we were showing the, the kids how to fish, and, yep. you know, um, but we could fish on our own, you know, outside of where they were fishing and we, 
the adults would bring in their biggest fish and, and weigh it against the other dads or adults in the yep. um, in the club going. So we're at South Pond and, you know, we finally hit upon a pattern where my son is taking a drop shot and he's throwing them into, into these beds into these light spots on the, on the shallows mm-hmm. and he's, he's getting these huge fish. Now I'm sitting in the back, you know, at first I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Way to go, Josh. This is great. This is great. Yep. And after like, you know, all these fish he's catching, I'm starting to get pissed off. I'm like, Oof. so I'm zipping my freaking baits in front of him trying to catch the fish. I'm like, Jesus already got it back here. Um, and it was just, it was just one of those days where he just lit it up. And to this day in my tournaments, I've yet to put a five fish, 20 pound bag limit in. He did that that day. No kidding. Fishing a drop shot on beds. I'm yeah, telling you. I, I forgot it was 20 something plus pounds and, and I was, I was just floored, but I, I, I just find it funny that, you know, the fisherman in me got pissed off after a while because he was catching them. I'm sitting there just watching him. Oh, yeah. No, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. That's- you know, I almost wanted to push him out of the boat and say, hey, it's my turn. You know what I thought? I just thought of, Tim. What are you guys doing with, with the, the, the league uh, locally with all the COVID stuff? Have you guys had to cancel any oh, tournaments? Yeah, yeah so – um, we actually had a, uh, uh, a benefit tournament coming up this Sunday on Congamon, uh-huh. the Ray Reardon tournament, um, that we had to postpone because of all of the permits have been rescinded, um, through the end of April and maybe if not further, um, Connecticut has rescinded through May 20th or May yeah. 14th, one of those dates. So, um, our May 3rd tournament in on Candlewood was canceled. So yeah, all these, all these clubs are, are, you know, having to cancel their, their tournaments. Um, you know, we're going to hopefully try and make them up as far as our club goes. Yeah. If not, we'll have to figure out how our point system goes because that's what we use, you know, for our progression into the, um, uh, divisionals and semifinals and stuff like that mm-hmm. for those that want to go that way. But yeah, we're just, we're, we're all just sitting and waiting and you know, that's why a group, a group of us are going out tomorrow just to, to get some fishing in and to have that camaraderie going on yeah. because you know, I mean, it's, it's nice. I love having all the time to fish, but I don't love having all the time, I guess, if you know what I mean. No, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's kind of a, it- it kind of works for you and against you at the same time. Right. Right. And plus they closed the golf courses in Massachusetts. So now I'm just, I'm yep. stuck with, because I do both. So, which is another crazy thing, but. Oh yeah. You know, but <laughs> Hey, we all like to do what we like to do. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's bananas. This, this whole thing is yeah. just, it's crazy. I have seen, uh, I was talking tournaments with uh, my last guest, Sean, and uh, that's what I was curious if if you guys were doing anything online, you know, to keep the points going. As far as um, no, yeah, that's yeah. no, we're not set up that way. Yep. We're a, a TBF affiliated club. Oh, okay, uh, so there's more to it, yeah, than just yeah, setting it up locally. It. That makes Which, sense. You know, if I if I can offer you know kind of a shameless plug, it's it's Northeast Bass Anglers, and we have uh, plenty of of availability for non-boaters um, as well as some availability for people that have boats that are looking to join a bass club. Yep. 
you know, we certainly love to hear from anybody that's interested. We have a Facebook page. We have a website. Yep. It's all Northeast Bass Anglers. I'll throw so, links in the, uh, in the, in the uh, uh, description so that people can get to it if they want to check it out. That's something that I may consider doing as well. I know I talked to you before about it. When you, when you, and when you mentioned that there's there's spots for non-boaters, I'm like, yeah, that might be right up my alley. Well, <laughs> At least if you hear something weird in the background, that's just my crazy cat who's just, I don't know, screaming for no reason. So They're cats. That's <clears> what they do. Holy crap. Well, this one's getting bad. Yeah. Just in the middle of the night, just yowls. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. Anywho, um, yeah, I mean, the, the tournament fishing, it, it, it's fun. And, and again, it's a good balance. There's, there's a little bit of competition. We're not, we're not winning a lot of money. I mean, depending on how many people we have in a club, you may, if you win a tournament, you, you might win a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we do a, a separate lunker pool for the day. Yep. Um, but you know, it's a lot of it is just bragging rights. Um, you know, you want to try and be in a running for angler of the year at the club. Yep. Uh, luckily, I've, I've been able to do a couple times, so that's been fun. That's awesome. It doesn't get me anywhere, but, you know, it's nice to have that little, you know. It's just like a little kudos. notch on your cap, and you're like, I, yeah. I did this. You know, it's what's funny is as you're describing that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's exactly like trivia. <laughs> it's exactly yeah, yeah. like really. <laughs> the, people get really intense at trivia nights to win a $10 <laughs> gift card for the restaurant that they're at, you know. <laughs> it's like the payoff isn't that high, but it like, man, I'll tell you, it feels pretty nice to accomplish something like that. Or Exactly. Yeah. So when we don't finish last, you know, we, 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 we finish above, you know just out of out of the money each and every time we're like yes <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. nice man well this was really this was really really good i'm gonna edit this over the weekend and it'll be up I, i've been i've been uploading on tuesdays so it'll right. be it'll be up then but that is awesome there's a couple of spots in between where uh either my internet or zoom had just gotten kind of wonky i'm gonna yep. cut out whatever is random but i'm gonna keep everything that you put in there uh and i'll disclaim it in the uh, intro and outro and everything but man this is really good yeah, no worries and i am going to take you up on the offer to go fishing once all uh, the quarantine stuff is done i'm i'm i'm, I'm on it absolutely i'm on man. it I, i'm always willing to go out and, and uh just hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Fish with somebody new, you know? Absolutely. I'll learn some drop shot stuff from you, I'm sure. Oh, see, that's 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 one of my favorite things is, is uh, finding some structure and just kind of hovering over it and, and doing a little bit of video game drop shotting. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny you say that because I remember when I was doing homework in different techniques and I saw, I was like, okay, so the drop shot makes a lot of sense. But then I was like, this doesn't seem like it makes that much sense unless you're right over what you're trying to fish, basically fishing vertically for the most part. And I'm like, as a bank angler, it doesn't really seem to click. But what I did notice is that it it does work just as well because I yes. can go and just drag that weight across the bottom but not have the bait on the bottom. Right. It, it really does sort of help things out. So there's – Same way to feel the bottom. Yeah. You, yeah. You just drag every and if you hit a big rock you just sit there and shake it yep yeah that's the thing with the with the hook not being on the bottom if you go over a stump you're not going to get hung up like that especially like i i really the drop shot weights i like to throw the cylindrical ones yeah um they just there's nothing to get hung up on they just glide right over you know right it's great well awesome man thanks so much for doing this i'll have it out very soon 
All right. You have yourself a good. Absolutely. Have yourself a good weekend. All right. I'm going to go have myself a beer. I I like that idea. I think that's a great (laughs) idea. Take care, Tim. All right, Bob. You too. All right. Bye-bye. I told you we were we were going to have a good time with this one. This one was not as long as my previous episode, which is all good. Like I said, uh, I I'm I'm kind of in it for the quality of the content. If the if the you know I'll give these episodes as as, as long as they need. Really great conversation with Tim. I uh, I met Tim actually uh, through my my regular local area trivia nights. He uh, would come out with his wife and, and their friends and, and play some trivia, and that's how we kind of got talking. And fishing came up, and it's amazing how the fishing community. He has all these ways of of just kind of making connections between people. Really, really cool. Check out. Um, ch- I, I need you guys to check out Northeast Bass Anglers. Uh, if you're in the Western Mass area and you're interested in, in getting involved, check out Northeast Bass Anglers in uh, on Facebook. Look at the Facebook page. Check out what they do. They have some great, great tournaments coming up. Obviously, not a whole lot happening right now, like he said. But uh, you know, the, we'll get things back on uh, on track, and, and everybody will be out there fishing soon enough. Thanks so much, everybody, guys. Uh, This is Bobby Roast Beef. Have yourselves a good one, and uh, I will see you with the next episode.